Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Thank y'all. Amen. Come on. Yeah, give it up. Give it up. You can, you can take your seat. Amen. Amen. Praise God. If you would, why don't you stand with me? We're going to read the word, 2 Timothy chapter 1. Just got a couple verses here this morning. 2 Timothy 1, um, 6 through 7. And if you have it, give me a nice amen. Amen. 2 Timothy 1, 6 through 7. And it it says this. This is Paul, the apostle, speaking to his protege, Timothy his student, Timothy, and he says this, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Amen. Amen. Let's, let's, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord. I thank you for this word, Father God, that I wrestled with, Father. And I just pray right now in Jesus' name that your Holy Spirit speaks it, my God. I pray that you take over these lips and I pray that you, 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 you take over our hearts, my God, so that we may be sensitive to receiving this. Father God, I pray that it would be a, a convicting word, my, a revealing word, my God, an empowering, encouraging word this morning, Father God. And do what you want to do, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. amen. I entitled the message this morning, Disturbing the Enemy. God did something Friday night. Pastor Damaris was, was talking about it. We had over 130 men in attendance. Men, men were singing. Men were lifting up their hands. Men were on their knees. Men were vulnerable. Men, men were crying. <laughs> men were... Uh, they, were at, they were filling this altar. It was a beautiful, beautiful conference that we had, um, the first of, of, of many. And I think, I think we all just kind of came out just in awe of what God did, just a spiritual high. I think that's what, what, what Brother Angel said and, and David. And Larry sent me the same message. He's like, man, I'm still on a spiritual high. And, and uh, it was amazing. It was just an amazing. If you were here, you, you know exactly what we're talking about. We had a panel, an amazing panel. We had an amazing word, amazing worship. And, uh, you know, we, I just want to testify a little bit because, you know, we were, we were nervous. This was our, our very first conference and, 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 uh, you know, we, we wanted to make it free, but we also wanted to provide food and, and food costs money. Um, but we, we, we said, you know what, let's just, let's, I think it was actually, uh, Joel's idea. He was like, do you want me to put a, a donation button on the, uh, on the registration? I was like, yeah, let's see what happens. And we got close to a thousand dollars in donations for this event. Man, I mean, God showed up and he showed off. And uh, I also just want to give a very special thank you to the women, the women of God, Sister Andrea, Paola, I mean, Karen, you guys, thank y'all. Thank y'all. They, they, they prepped the food and they fed a whole bunch of hungry men and, and they cleaned up and, and praise God. And, and, and we also, we had an incident where there wasn't enough tacos. There wasn't enough tacos. There was, I think there was, how many was it? 112 tacos like they sat there and counted those tacos 112 and 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 we needed we needed what what we were trying to get 100 and 130 we're trying to get 130 and we only had 112 and every person went through the the line everybody was filled and some of them got seconds I I don't know how God did that but 
God multiplied some food. <laughs> he multiplied some, some food. Amen. So, I mean, that, that, that miracle there was indicative of the whole conference, and it was, it was awesome. Um, I, was, I was telling Brother David this yesterday. I didn't, get, uh, I didn't get a chance to finish this before we got interrupted, but there's two things that I hear very often in, from people in regards to our church. It's the same two things all the time. It never changes. Number one, people love the love shown to them and given to them. I'm always hearing, man, the thing that kept me at this church was the people. The, the, the flood of love. Everybody is just so nice and so friendly and so welcoming. And I, and I heard that again at this conference that people are just, just these men of God are just so welcoming and so loving. That's the first thing I always hear. The second thing I always hear, and I heard it about four times uh, at, at this conference, people say as soon as they walk into the doors, they just feel this presence that they cannot deny. That is so strong. I mean, and I, I hear that all the time, all the time. People come in and they're like, man, I just, I just felt, I just got chills when I walked in this room. It's like, it's like there's a, a heavenly host of angels standing right, right here. But the angels in heaven might be having like choir practice at Numa Church or something because there's just this sweet presence in this place. And so, of course, I, you know, I am proud on so many levels of this church that, that God has, has called me to pastor. Um, God is doing something. Pastor Damaris said it. Um, Pastor Maritza said it here this morning. Pastor Danny said it as well. I mean, God is doing something. I don't know if you see it. I, I, I don't. But, but there, is, there is a spiritual shift taking place in our church and, and in our city. And if you're not on board, you're, you might miss it. You're going to miss it. You might miss whatever, whatever this is, whatever it is that God has for us in this next season. We've been talking about spiritual warfare we spoke uh, a couple weeks ago about possessing both power and authority, right? Uh, that's, that's the offense of spiritual warfare. And last week we talked about uh, putting on the armor of God so that you're able to defend against you know, spiritual forces. That's the defense of spiritual warfare. And I don't think that these messages are by mistake. God is gearing us up for something. He's preparing us. For something, it could be a season of miracles, it could be a season of healing, it could be a season of revival. I have been praying that God would just sweep the nation with salvation and, and lives would be changed and, and people would come back to church, amen. Like God, God is praying, God, God is preparing us for something. But you know that with anything good comes resistance, opposition. Because the enemy doesn't want you to get to the next level. He doesn't want Numa Church to step in to the next because one level up for the kingdom of God is one level down for, for him. And so if, if, if the enemy, if the enemy can't kill you, at least he wants to keep you where you are. If he can't kill you, he's going to convince you to just stop moving. He can't kill you, but maybe he can discourage you. He can keep you complacent. He can keep you on a routine. Maybe, maybe that's the compromise that the devil is willing to make because he knows that he can't tempt you enough to where you're going to fall away from the faith. You're too strong for that. You've been praying since you were like two years old. Your mama prayed for you. Your grandma prayed for you. Your great grandma prayed for you. He knows that he can't take salvation from you. He can't take salvation from your household. He can't come after your kids because you cover them daily in the blood of Jesus and you speak knowledge into them. You speak wisdom into 
into them. You speak authority into them. He knows that he can't have certain things. So he lets you have your Sunday mornings. He lets you have your little Devo time in the morning. He lets you have your little praise and worship music in the car. He lets you have that because it's the compromise that he's willing to make. But the moment you try to level up, the moment that that you start encroaching on the enemy's camp, that's the moment. The moment you start to agitate the evil spirits that afflict those that we are calling and declaring children of God, you better believe it's going to come with a fight. It's going to come with op- opposition. You know, I, I, was, I was thinking about this. I, you know, I, I hate wasps. Hate them. I'm terrified. I'm like, if I'm a little girl about anything, it's about wasps flying in my midst. And I, I mean, you can't have one flying. I, I start doing like these Michael Jackson moves and start doing the moonwalk. And I hate them. And, and, and we have this, we have a swimming pool and, you know, every summer there's always a wasp nest somewhere out there. And so I'm like, I don't even want to go swimming. I'm like, the wasp going to be there, you know? <laughs> Last summer I went out and I tried to, uh, I went outside because uh, one of the, one of the, the breakers had tripped in our house. And, and so I was going to go out there and I was going to flip it back on. And I, I opened up the breaker box. And as soon as I did that, about five or six wasps came out. They stung me twice in the back. They're so coward. They can't even do it in my face, man. They can't even look me in the eye. And they stung me in the back. And, man, it, it, it hurt. And they had formed a nest right there in the breaker box. And as soon as you encroach on somebody's camp, you are going to face opposition. If you don't bother them, they might not bother you. They don't got beef with me. But the moment, the moment you try to go back and take what God said was yours from the enemy's camp, you're going to make somebody mad. The moment you try to make revival happen, the moment we try to see healing and miracles happen, the more we the, the seek the Holy Spirit, we're trying to level up. We're trying to get prepared for what God has for us. And it requires us facing the enemy. Are you willing to disturb the enemy? The reason I wanted to bring Paul's message to Timothy is because Paul was preparing Timothy for opposition. He was preparing him. Paul was on his way out. You know, he, was, he, he knew that his time was about to come to an end. He was in prison. He was, he, was, he was about to face execution for his faith. But, you know, someone had to continue the work. We ain't going to live forever. I'm not going to pastor forever. Somebody else is going to come next. Your children are going to come after you. And so you have, to, you have to prepare them because the gospel is eternal. Jesus is eternal. Someone has to continue the fight. But not a lot of people wanted to do that because there was an enemy guarding its territory. In the case of, of, of Timothy, Tim, Timothy was witnessing Paul. Paul was his mentor. He was witnessing his mentor in prison having been beaten many, many times, having been shipwrecked, suffering all over the place. Like that is the message of Paul. Paul was a suffering man. He's about to die for his faith. And Paul is writing Timothy and saying, hey, you could be the next me. If I'm Timothy, I'm like, ah. (laughs) What's more is Paul wrote this letter to Timothy three years after Nero, the emperor, burned the city of Rome and a bunch of Christians with it. You want to you get, get into that? 
This was this was a time of extreme persecution. And and you're not even going to get paid for it to me. Like there's there's some life threatening jobs you might do because it pays well. This isn't one of them. And I just I wonder how many Christians today would be up for that challenge. To risk their lives if it meant making Jesus known. And I'm not asking you to, to quit your job. And I'm not saying that you need to become a missionary or evangelist. That's not the takeaway. The, the takeaway is, are you willing to disturb the enemy to get to the place that God is wanting you to get to? Because that's what Paul is asking Timothy to do. I, I want you to poke the giant. I want you to disturb the enemy. I want you to wake the beast. But listen, in order to get to the place that God wants you, you have to remove things that prohibit progress. And the only way to remove something sometimes is by force. You have to be willing to get near it. You have to be willing to confront it and, and, and touch it and, and, and be uncomfortable because there's a possibility that it's going to fight back. So listen, church, if, if we want to see people set free, we have to be willing to face the stronghold. If we want to see healing, it means praying some bold prayers like, God, send the blind man. You know, that's been my prayer. God, and, and sometimes I hesitate, like I don't even want to pray it. Because like, what if he does? God, send the blind man. It, 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 it takes some boldness. And we say we want to see it. We say it's going to happen. But it requires a boldness that I'm not sure all of us have. We want to see salvation. God, save the world. God, bring people back to you. It means taking this message to the world. Are you willing to disturb the enemy? We had, we, we, we had a, a, another wasp nest. That came, I got to go back to the wasp real quick. We had, another, we had a wasp nest a few weeks ago. And this time they were under the umbrella. We have a really big patio umbrella. And, uh, you know, it, it, it folds down and, and it, it, cover, it shades a pretty good amount. It's like 11, 11 feet, you know, uh, shaded area. And, and I, I opened it up and I saw a bunch of wasps in there with a the, wasp nest. And I was like, oh, man, I went back inside. And I was, I was, I kind of accepted defeat. Like, man, we're just gonna have to throw the whole thing away. And, <laughs> and then I went back out there, and I was like, you know what? It's a thousand degrees out there, and I'm about to start barbecuing, and I, I need some shade, and I want to sit down at, at our table with our family. So I ain't gonna let these wasps get the better of me. So, so what I did is I opened it up really, really slowly, and and I got my, I got my, my, uh, my, my hose, and I put my, my gun on it. Not my, not my Smith and Wesson, my, my actual like water hose gun. And I, and I put it on like super jet mode and, and I did all this from in the house. I had the window, I put the window down right here. So I, I had the armor of God, right? And, uh, and I, and I blasted that sucker and they went, man, they fleed. And I went out there and we had a beautiful time that night. But you know, I, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have gotten the same result. Have I asked the wasp to move their nest? Right? Remember, the enemy doesn't always respect your authority. You can ask nicely, hey, spirit of fear, can you move out the way? I'm really trying to do something. 
I'm trying to advance. I'm trying to take the good news to the gospel, but I'm so scared. Can you please stop being there? Imagine that. Imagine every time pride creeped up, anger creeped up. Anger, why are you so mean? Can you just move? Men, we, we've learned, we, we, we still try to do this sometimes to see what happens, but we, we pretty much know how it's going to go when you tell your, your woman just to calm down, right? I tell my wife that, she's like, wow, that worked, thank you. That's the sarcasm that comes out, and I know that I shouldn't press on anymore. <laughs> you, can't, you can't tell your enemy, you can't ask him nicely to move. You can't say, please move. You're going to have to remove it. You're going to have to do something. You have to take it by force. We have to be willing to disturb the enemy and ready for when it comes back to fight with us. And again, the whole reason for these messages is because, man, I strongly believe. I don't even I don't just believe it. It's not like a wishy-washy, hopeful belief. I have this urgency in my spirit. I know that our leadership does. I know that our pastors do uh, in my spirit that God is going to bring something. He is preparing us for a citywide revival where people are going to be healed. People will receive the message of God. Prodigals will return. Churches will be full again. He is preparing us for something, but we have to be willing to disturb the enemy and it can't just be me it can't just be a few of us it can't just be the pastoral team it can't just be the leadership it's got to be most of us it's got to be the majority it might not be all of us because sometimes you ain't down to fight but if you got enough guys in the crew that are ready to throw down you can do it we can make the enemy nervous and so maybe we don't need everybody on board but we need most of you on board And so your pastor is challenging you today, Numa Church, to be willing to confront and fight the the, the devil and the enemy and and the forces of evil in this place when they come in and outside and in your home. Be willing to disturb the enemy. Pastor Abram touched on something at the men's conference. He, he, He said, he said, if Israel was going to inhabit the promised land, they had to take it by force. They had to take it. They had to disturb the enemy. Good things are coming, church. They're coming. Amen. Good things are coming. That that blind person is coming. Healings are coming. Good man. The Holy Spirit. I mean, look at the types of services that we're having. God is preparing us for something. He's stirring us up in our spirits. But you also have to be ready to fight. Turn to the person next to you. Tell them, ready or not. I don't want to be among the not. Hmm. You might be saying, ready for what, Pastor? And that's the thing I, I can't even say for sure, man. I just I can just tell you that something that we haven't seen in a long time. I think it's in the realm of revival, which with it will bring deliverance and, and, and healing. And, and everybody's excited for that. But what we have to be ready for is the spiritual resistance that comes with it. See, see, the generation of, of, of Moses, the, the one that came right before Joshua, they, they thought they were ready. They, they said they were ready for the promised land. Ooh, I bet you they were excited, fresh out of Egypt, fresh out of slavery for, for 400 years. They all knew the promise. They were all carrying it. They all heard it from their mamas and their mamas' mamas and their mamas' mamas' mamas. They, they, it, was, it was passed down from generation to generation. Something is coming. The promised land is coming. And so they were excited. And I bet you they told each other, oh, it's coming. Oh, it's coming. Oh, it's kind of like when we say revival is coming. It's coming. It's coming. But it never comes. Why do you think that is? 
I think it's because we think we're ready for certain things. But the moments things start to get a little crazy and things start to get a little uncomfortable and people start to leave the church because they don't like what's going on in here. We show God, we show ourselves, we show our church that we were, in fact, not ready for the things that we expected. Moses generation expected the result, but they didn't expect the process. So they didn't prepare for the process. You got to prepare for the process. Don't just prepare for the outcome. Prepare for the process. Expectation produces preparation. If you're not expecting everything, you ain't going to be prepared for everything. The Israelites were ready just to walk in to the promised land as if there was going to be an an angelic host just saying, welcome to the promised land. Like if if it was going to be that easy, we're just going to walk in there and it's going to be good. They weren't ready to fight. And so Moses, he sends out these spies to, to spy out the land of Canaan, a.k.a. the promised land. And, and this is the report. I have it up here. It's Numbers 13, 26 uh, through 29. You're still with me, right? Okay. Okay. It says this. It says, and they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of, uh, of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. And they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the lamp. Man, they, they were like, look at this giant fruit. Look at, look at what's in store for us. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent, and it flows with milk and honey. Man, it is some crazy stuff. And this is the fruit. However, but... The people who dwell there in the land are strong and their cities are fortified and they're very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the hill country and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. We weren't expecting all of this. We heard about the milk and honey. We heard about the good stuff. We heard about the fruit. We, 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 we heard, we heard about the healings. We heard about the revival. We heard about all the good thing, but I didn't expect the fight. And because they weren't expecting it, this generation missed out on what could have been. I do not want to be among that generation that misses what God wants to do in this generation because I wasn't equipped to fight. Mm. We're expecting revival. We're expecting salvation. We're expecting mighty works of God. We have to expect the opposition. We have to expect the uncomfortable. Church, you want your family to come to God. You're the only God that they have. Don't take that out of context. You're not God. God is in you. No, you you can't can't be too sure these days, bro. These live streaming, you know. You are the only version of Jesus that somebody has. And you're praying for them. You're praying for your family. You're praying for your family. Take the message to them. Tell them, why are you doing this? Why are you living this way? Have you ever, have you ever thought about where this lifestyle will take you? Do you know that Jesus loves you? And, and those, are, those are conversations that many of us don't want to have because it makes us uncomfortable. And I know, you know, mixing, mixing in, you know, religion with, with family, sometimes that's a bad idea. Just like talking about politics and like you'd just rather not say anything to avoid a fight. But what if God is waiting on you to take his message to the people that you've been praying for? 
but you haven't done it because you're not expecting the fight. You're not prepared for the fight. There's churches who want the outcome all over this place. We all say it. Lord, send revival. They even write songs about it. Lord, send revival. Send it now. Let it start at Numa. But, but if you're not ready for the process to get that outcome, either stop praying for it or get ready. We have to understand that Jesus would draw weird people to himself all the time. Weird, somebody say weird people. Weird people. Jesus was a miracle worker and everybody heard about it. And so these weird people would come up to Jesus with all kinds of weird things. And, and these things scared the disciples. Jesus had to correct the disciples. Jesus attracted lepers. People didn't like that. He cast out the legion of demons from the man in the cave. The Bible says that the people pleaded for Jesus to leave their town. The woman, the, the woman who was asking about her sick daughter, the disciples told her to shut up. The, the woman with the blood issue, nobody, nobody wanted that around. Jesus attracts the people that we are not attracted to. And so church leaders, pastors, are we ready for the transgender to walk in here? A serious question. Are we ready for that? Are, are we wet, ready for the weird? Are we ready for the uncomfortable? Are we ready for people to come in here battling unimaginable things, things that we've never thought to even confront? We're like, how in the world are you that messed up? I don't even know how to do Are we ready for that? Are we ready for the person to, to, to pray for the person who smells really, really, really bad? And I know that's I, I know that's kind of funny, but it happens sometimes. And 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 sometimes we're like, oh, geez, man, he smells so bad. She smells so bad. They haven't. Ba-. Sometimes there's people who haven't bathed in months, and they need Jesus too. And and, and what are we going to do when those people walk into the doors? What a shame it would be for a hospital to turn away the sick because they didn't know how to deal with the sick. If we are going to witness breakthrough. There's going to be a wall that we have to break through. We have to be willing to disturb the enemy and not just disturb the enemy, fight the enemy. Paul tells Timothy, fan into the flame the gift of God that is in you. Fan it, fan it. Paul had invested so much into Timothy. He had invested a lot into a lot of people, but the text makes clear that some people had left the faith or left the ministry because they couldn't handle the opposition. And, and many scholars believe that Timothy was having similar doubts of his own, which is why Paul felt compelled to write to him and, and encourage him, fan into the flame. Don't let it die. Don't let it die. Meaning, meaning don't let that, that thing that God put inside of you, that gifting that God put inside of you, that word that God put inside of you, don't let it die. Don't, don't be discouraged by the opposition. Let me tell you, church, there is something over the mountain that you are confronting. There is something on the other side of that Red Sea. Don't let the gift of God die because you're afraid of the opposition. I got got three words spoken over me recently. Within a period of a month, three different people, the same word. They they said, keep going. They, they, They started it with that. Keep going. Now, that's pretty vague. 
right? And if, if you're going to prophesy into my life, you've got to be a little bit more specific because anybody can say, keep going and touch your emotions, right? That sounds so spiritual. Keep going. <laughs> if God, if God, you're going to speak to me, Lord. Come on, give me a little bit more than that. And they did. They said, keep the vision going. <laughs> when they said that, bro, I, I broke down because... It said that vision that God put inside of you when you became a pastor, when you, when you started pastoring this church, that mission that was instilled in you, that, that urgency. Keep going. Don't get, don't get comfortable. Don't get distracted. Keep going. And, and every single one of these words was confirmation for me because I had been telling God, Lord, I feel like I've lost sight of our purpose, of, of my purpose. As a pastor, I, I feel like I've, I've kind of let go of, of the things that you were speaking into me when, I, when we transitioned. And, and I love what's happening. I love these services and I love our ministries and I love all of that. But, but God had to remind me, this wasn't built just for you. This isn't for your entertainment. God said, God said heaven rejoices more over the one who returns than the 99 who are already righteous. This, this was to bring this, the, everything that's happening, this empowerment, this filling, it was to bring the spirit over the lost, over the blind, over the sick, over the spiritually dead, over the widow, over the orphan, over the drug addict, over the prostitute, over the homeless, over the outcast, over the drunkards. We changed the whole identity of the church to Numa so that we would be spiritually charged, not just for ourselves. Yes, we're going to have, we're going to feel the effects and reap the benefits, but we became Numa so that we could be empowered to fight against the evil forces of this world. Church, we're not, we're not here to just show off our weaponry. Ooh, look how holy I am. Look at my sword. It's so sharp and so big. And, and, and look at my armor and how tough it is. And, and, and look at how shiny it is. You can be empowered by the spirit of God. But if you're not willing to disturb the enemy, you've missed the point. And we're just in here looking at each other's holiness. So I want to fan the flame I want to fan the gift that God has given us as a church. I want us to be reminded why we are here and tell you that God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and self-control. I want to break that down real quick, and I'm almost done. I'll have, I'll have the, the, the worship team come up. He says, I have given you the spirit of power. The dunamis. We've been talking about that. With the calling, there is the equipping. We, we have the power to do the things, church, that God has commissioned us. That's what we have. Don't forget it. But he's also given us love. So that we know that this power isn't just for ourselves, but for those that God has called us to love. Use the power for the ones that God loves. The least of these. He's given us self-control so that in the moments of opposition, I want you to hear this out because this one was a little bit more like I had to, I had to dig into this one. What, what, what are you trying to say by, by the spirit of self-control? In moments of opposition, sometimes we freak out, right? 
When that wasp comes next to me, bro, I freak. I, I go nuts. Te reprendo. <laughs> we start to freak out. Some people go crazy, man. They can't handle just a little bit of stress. A little bit of pushback. A little bit of intimidation. A little bit of offense. A little bit of insult. We start to cry. We start to panic. We start to quit. We start to make bad decisions. You can't exercise wisdom when you've lost control. You can't be, listen, you can't be trusted with power if you don't have self-control. That's, that's why we don't let little kids drive. Because that's a lot of power for somebody who doesn't have the control. God is going to give you power, but with it you have to have the self-control so that you can exercise that power correctly. I still remember God telling me once, you've got to stop preaching in frustration. He said, you gotta be, you gotta stop being so angry when you preach. You gotta stop being so angry in your worship and, and you don't see people responding to worship and you get so angry. You gotta stop that. And that took me a while. He said, control yourself. Think about how dangerous power can be in the hands of someone who does not have control. Church, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to confront the mountain. Don't be afraid to confront the spirit, the, the, the demon. Don't be afraid because there is power in you. Possess the love. Let, let that love compel you so much that, that you possess the power. Whew. You have to have enough love so that you get on your knees and you seek the face of God so that you have the power to help those that you love because they can't help themselves. Be moved with compassion. This was the thing that, that moved the heart of God all the time, the, the heart of Jesus. He would look upon people with compassion. He would look upon them with love and knowing that he had the power, he healed them. But first he loved them. First, he, he saw their faith and was moved by them. Church, don't be afraid. You've got everything that you need to disturb the enemy. I want to end with this. 2,000 years ago, Paul wrote to Timothy this letter. But I think it's applicable today. And I, I just I want to close with this last passage here. It's the same book, chapter 4. Verse 5, verse 1 through 5. He says, I charge you in the presence of God and of Jesus Christ, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom. He says this, he says, preach the word. Be ready in season and in out of season. What did he say? Be ready in and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with complete patience and teaching for the time is coming where people will not endure sound teaching but having itching ears they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their passions and and and, and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander on into myths as for you always be sober minded endure suffering do the work do the work of the evangelist do the work of the preacher do the work as a priest do the work of the mother. Do the work of the father. Do, do the work of a brother, of a sister. Do the work of a leader. Do the work and fulfill 
your ministry. Don't be afraid. Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.